Are you afraid of feeling emotions or causing others to feel their emotions authentically? Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before, and that's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools, all to help you tell a better story, because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and I do not know any other languages, but I did ace German twice in high school. Today on the show, we've got Ronnie Rumsey, and she is a neuro-linguistic programming trainer. She is empowering people to shift their world through thought and language. My goodness, is she ever fun and interesting. She says, you know, she's a recovering school administrator who has more dumpster fires in her history than most people. We get into her story, the big parts, the small parts, the the transformative parts, and I'm sure that there's something in this that you will relate to as well. If something stands out to you, please share this episode on your social media so that others can share that same transformation that you are. And don't forget to rate and review on your podcast player. And know this, I know you can be anywhere in the world right now, but you're choosing to be here and engage with these not boring stories. And for that, I am forever grateful. Enjoy this conversation and let's get into it. Welcome back to the No Boring Stories podcast. I am Alex Street, and this is the place where there are no boring stories. And once again, we have a fabulous guest here, somebody who, well, does not know what a boring story is. She has lived a fantastic life all over the place, and she is just so engaging and exciting and fun to talk to. So um, I am thrilled to have Ronnie on the show today. Ronnie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Alex? I am fabulous. I am excited to dive in to your story, to all the ups and downs and twists and turns that it has. And where I think it's going to be so fantastic is that that idea of a big, complicated, twisted, all over the place story. Um is one that so many people can relate to and feeling that way. And if we can bring clarity to that, then I think there's hope for everyone. Always. <laughs> it's basically it. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, let's just start there. Like, do you feel like at this point in your life, are you like, yeah, no, I, I get, I, I understand my story. I understand my journey, my transformation. It's, it's pretty clear how I'm showing up today. Does that make, is that where you're at or is there some pretty big gaps in it. No, actually, actually, I do understand my story pretty well. I don't feel like I have a lot of gaps. There are times when there's pieces of my story, amazingly, though, that show up that I've forgotten about. Mm. And then what happens? What is that? You know, okay, let's like, significant moments. You know, you're in a conversation, somebody says something, you're like, whoa this thing happened and and then does it become uh whoa i'm hanging my hat on that like that's a defining moment that i totally forgotten about or is it typically smaller things like oh yeah i did i did eat a funnel cake at that carnival no it's usually for me it's usually bigger things bigger things and part of that comes from part of the twists and turns in my story and yeah i showed up in life at different points in time whether i was had full control of my uh, faculties or not. Um, 
because there were times when I definitely didn't. And so things mm -hmm. will come back and I'll go, oh, I remember that now. Or yeah. talking with my kids and they'll say, remember when this happened? And I'll go, no. Mom, this was huge. This happened. Right. So tell right. me more. So, and it's it's interesting because I don't remember. And then once they bring it up, then slowly as I'm ready to, and able to acknowledge that it happened, yeah. good or bad, or say, man, I, that one just flew right by me, then it really opens it up for me. And if there's work I need to do around it, I can. Right. So then it becomes more than just a moment. It becomes the feelings around the moment and yeah. and the um, everything that the moment uh, that was happening around that moment. Isn't that fascinating that when you – and I think that's so much of what this work is. That's so much of what I, I'm doing with people and why I love this and just the ability, the, the invitation to dive into people's stories because – yeah, at surface, we're just going through your moments. We're just flipping page by page and it's episode by episode. Let's just explore what happened. But then we start to open that up and connect those episodes, those moments to who you are now or who you were a little bit later or who you were before that. And all of a sudden, those moments have meaning to them. Those moments matter than before. Those moments become magical, how they connect. And, and then they start to define how we show up today. Exactly. That's power. Whew. Exactly. It's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Talking about moments mm -hmm. and moments connecting. And one of the most amazing people who does this, I know you and I share a love for Lin-Manuel Miranda and specifically Hamilton, the show. I mean, who doesn't love it? But Anybody. Uh, <laughs> it is my friend. And, and I mean, what's so phenomenal is just to carry this forward, right? You're just taking these moments in history that have been talked about forever and ever, I mean, for hundreds of years, uh, really the last century, let's say, and 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 we can define them and, and put our own characteristics on them and the people involved in them. And then he takes those moments, those otherwise boring moments, and turns it into this mixtape of, of rap and feelings and... And this arc following this one person, what stands out to you from that? Why, why does that stick with you so much? I, for me, the pieces of Hamilton, besides the music is fabulous. Um, and the sets back, I mean, all of the theater pieces are like, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh -huh. But getting into the backstories of all of those characters that were, were important in history, but they yeah. really didn't come out. I mean, they're really not what we would read about. Yeah. Barely, unless we picked up a book um, that included them. Right. Isn't that, and, and right. So you've got these supporting characters who you're like, yeah, where were they in time? I mean, Hamilton himself, right? That's the thing. Nobody's talking about those guys until. Did you see it live? I did. I'm going again in a few oh, months. Oh, come on. Oh, fabulous. Did you see it with the like original cast or? Oh, no. I don't no, think okay. I've seen any musicals with the original cast. Um, I have seen lots that have characters. Some of the characters have gone on to Broadway, but mm -hmm. Broadway's still on my bucket list. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Well, me too. Yeah. I mean, 
We have, I just, we saw it in Toronto. We saw it actually the week before, um, the week before the pandemic hit. That was it. So, so we, and I mean, we got tickets, we got like season tickets to this theater just so we would get cheap and first access to Hamilton. We got our thing. We were booked for April and we actually moved it up so that it would be on the same date as my wife's birthday. So we went for her birthday and two days later, every theater around the world shut down. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And we're like, at least we got to see Hamilton. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, there's another piece to that that I really love Lynn manuel Miranda is if you listen to his stories like the or his music and things, it's not just a background story about with words, but there's pieces from his other works that are tied into Hamilton. So you can hear some pieces that come out of um, in the Heights. You can actually hear some of those pieces in Hamilton. So he's kind of got it all connected. Yeah, right. So it's just, I mean, yeah, it's, you recognize that it's the artist putting yeah. himself into these shows and it would be the same as, um, yeah, I mean, any, any, like Picasso. Well, yeah, you can recognize a Picasso because it looks weird, but you can recognize certain artists, certain, um, musicians by their, by their, the tone of their voice and then your, or the tone of their work. And then you're looking at these musicals, you're like, Hey, this is the same. This has bits and pieces of yeah. him in yeah. this. And to look at that idea of like the backstories, the side characters, really like painting this massive picture. That's what I love. And that's why I'm here. And that's why we're going to dive in here as well and and explore your story here. So, to, okay. So with all of that, that's just story talking. That's just us nerding out a little bit. But what is it that you do? What are you doing these days? What's your main work that you're bringing to the world, Ronnie? The main work I'm bringing to the world is neurolinguistic programming, timeline therapy, hypnosis, and coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, tying all those together to help people, um, to empower people to be able to get rid of limiting beliefs and and use language in a powerful way to move them forward. Mm. Because so much of the language we have floating around in our head is not necessarily moving us forward, and we don't even know it. And a lot of it comes from way back in our past right? that we just carry forward and we just keep running that old radio station, you know, that AM station and it's not even connected anymore. We keep running that. It's got to be AM radio. I yeah. love that. Yes. <laughs> it's so old. It's so, <laughs> so neuro linguistic programming, um, NLP, uh, right. like it's this, and it, it's really about, I've heard this used and seen this as, as a tool that people use to break out of old patterns and also to like, you know, to, to connect with potential clients, if it were like to really master the art of language and how language connects to thought. Um, and you're saying you're, you're helping people kind of go from like from internally, like what's the language that you're hearing and you're saying to yourself, right? Correct. Yeah. So part of it, just no noticing the stories that we tell ourselves is number one. I mean, people don't even realize a lot of times they they're telling themselves stories. Yeah. So how do we access that unconscious mind so that we go, oh, there's that story again that keeps showing hey, like up? Like what? Like like what's a what's a what's what's a story that that someone might be telling themselves? Um, I'll give an example of one of mine that shows up that I'm not intelligent. Okay. 
So that shows up from way back in my past. Right. So that, so at first you say, I'm not intelligent. I, that's not a story. That's a statement. That's, that's an end result, but that's, yeah, you're saying that's, it's not, that's not a fact. No, but it sounds like, it sounds like a fact. It sounds like it's a statement that isn't true. A statement that isn't true. So it's not, I mean, I call them stories. It's just, it's the story I tell. I'm not intelligent. Um, it's not a fact. But that's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to say is that the, the, the story, I think you've got it. It's absolutely true. It's just, but that's the end result. That's the, here's a story. And the end result is I'm not intelligent, but, but in your brain, you're actually reinforcing that false statement with evidence, so-called evidence throughout your life that proves that you are in fact not intelligent. Am I right? Like that's the story. That's Correct. Correct. So, so when I get in a situation where I am, I might be needing to learn something or I might be um, conducting a workshop or something, mm-hmm. my self-talk may be, you know, in the past, this was really hard for me because I'm so dumb and da 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 So noticing those, that language pattern, that mm-hmm. story, the, the program that I'm telling myself and going, that's not true. Here's the fact. The fact is I got through high school, I got through college, I have a master's degree, I've had, you know, thousands of hours of NLP training. So I, I am intelligent. So there's a story, so there's actually just two different stories. I mean, you picture, um, well, let's take Hamilton, right? Yeah. I mean, you could pick up a textbook and read about Alexander Hamilton. And from that, you get the facts, you get the, you get what happened. This is what happened. This is where it was. This is who he fought. This is who he disagreed with, blah, 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 blah. And you get this, I mean, ultimately boring story. (laughs) That's what it looks like. And from that, you could determine, you could come out with a statement that says, Alexander Hamilton was one of the founding fathers of the nation. And, um, he's pretty important guy or so that that can be a story that's told, but then you're like, it's a it's the it's a a story that's told about the same person. But holy crap, you look at this two and a half hour musical, and it's like we're talking about somebody totally different because we're telling a totally different story here of this person who had these ups and downs and had to overcome all these barriers and all these these. Um, pitfalls along the way to become the person he was to to share his gift with this world and inspire others to do the same it is so deep and deep and rich and is inspiring all of us all around the world to do whatever we can to make this world a better place exactly. same person different story exactly and that's what you're doing with your life is seeing i'm the same person it's all the same experiences i'm just choosing to tell my own story differently. I'm choosing how I write my story. Yeah. I choose, I'm choosing, I'm choosing, this is how it's going to go. This is fun stuff. You know, I'm in for this. Okay. So then is it really just around, oh, I and mean, we'll get into your story for sure, but is it really just around pot, like positive and negative language? And, and do you know what I mean? Like, is it just about saying like, I was cool like I was not cool in, in, in school. Oh no, I was cool in school. And you're just choosing to, to tell it differently. I wish it was that easy, but it's really not because, because with that story, we, we attach emotions. Mm-hmm. 
And so we, we get to identify what emotions are attached to that, especially what negative emotions are attached to the right. story so that we can release those negative emotions. And then it, at the same time, so this is the part of the timeline therapy piece that I do. Yeah. When we release the emotions, we figure out what am I, what did I learn? What are some learnings I can take away from this that can support me in the future when I come to the, a situation like this? So some learnings I would take away from the I am intelligent, whenever that first, I notice that the first time I might take away, I am smart. I can learn what I, what I need to know. I can learn many things. I can learn quickly. Um, so I've got all these learnings that I can then grasp onto when I notice that that old program is starting to play again. Right. So you are going back in your timeline and finding a moment that, that is evidence that is alternate evidence to the truth that you're believing or that the, the statement that you're believing. So I am not intelligent. Now you're going back in your timeline to find a moment when somebody said you're smart. Is that um, kind of the work? We go back in our timeline to release the negative emotions. So, right. so what I do is like, okay, how do we, let's release anger. When's the first time you remember that? You yeah. may not remember the first time you noticed anger. But if you if you were to know, when was it? Yeah. We identify that. So we do the same with ne- with um, all the five major negative emotions and then any others that, that come up for people. So anger, fear, sadness, hurt, guilt. And then sometimes shame. A lot of times there's some shame that comes up for a lot of people. Abandonment's mm-hmm. a big one that we get to go back and work on. Yeah. Uh, you know, releasing the releasing that emotion yeah and then what can i learn if i come to a situation in which i feel abandoned again is that not that's got to be scary for for us isn't it to go and and not only to i'm going to face this i'm going to face this first feeling you know anger is something that's been in my life the whole time and you want me to go back and, and find when it first showed up? You want me to face the dragon under my bed? Like, you really want me to? Okay. But that's, so that's scary. But then I think what's even what's even more scary is releasing that and and trying to figure out who you are now. If you don't have that, now, now who am I? If I release this thing that has been such a strong part of my identity, then who am I? Is that not scary for people, do you find? I don't because most of the people are ready to let go of it when I speak. There we go. Yeah, when when we're working together. The the piece I would say is, you know, anger, we you may not know when the first time you experienced it was. It could have been you had a wet diaper and didn't get changed quickly. Yeah. Um, it could have been I mean, emotions are passed through our DNA. So it could have been something generational that that's been affected. So it's it's, you know, releasing however much of that we can release. It doesn't really change you. It changes how you react. Yeah. When a situation would come up. So. And that's what you were just saying. So then you're learning how to react when something comes up like this again. How are you reacting now according to a different story? Yeah. Because what we've done is we've, and this is kind of backing up. I didn't give you all of the, the, uh, background behind it but 
it's a gestalt method. So you, it's like every emotion starts stringing itself. Every time you have anger, it starts stringing itself together as if it were a pearl necklace. Mm. So one pearl is anger. One pearl is another piece of anger. One pearl, and then they they add up. So what we do is we go back to that first time mm. that we can identify where anger was. We take that pearl out. Well, what happens when you take a pearl out of a, a pearl necklace? The pearls all go away. Right. I mean, they, they break. So then you get to kind of realign everything and go forward. Wow. And yeah, and as you say, like it's it's redefining the character. It's when... Have you seen Fight Club? No. Oh, okay. I've seen, I've seen the... Well, it's it's brilliant. I mean, for those that have seen it, there's this character that you're following all along the way, and it's been out long enough that I can spoil it now. And he's he has these conversations all along the way with his uh, with this other person, and then you find out at the end of the movie that it's it's not him, or the other person doesn't exist. It's all in his mind, and you then you go back and you see the whole thing and how it's played out, or like Sixth Sense, where you fought, you go back and you see that wait a second, he wasn't there at all. Like he was a he was a ghost the whole time. Big spoilers here. And so you've got these these moments where now you're looking back at your life and you get to frame it or see it through a different lens. And and as you say, yeah, redefine those moments and who you were then and how that how that played out. And now to go forward, how are you going to be yeah. according to that story? That is phenomenal. So I just have a question though. In the sixth sense, he was a ghost, really. In the end, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I had to watch it twice to make sure I got it. <laughs> oh boy, I don't know. Like there is actually this sinking feeling. Just even as I say both of those right now, I'm like, I so. Oh my goodness, I hope that nobody is planning to watch either of those movies tomorrow for the first time, and then they hear this. <laughs> just ruins because they're so good. You um, pull them on their ears for a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, we're all grown ups here. Deal with it. It's been out long enough. Um, how? So here you are helping people deal with this, helping people explore their stories and the stories that they've been telling, the, the tapes that have been been playing again and again. And what the what stories are telling, and then to go back and reframe those and and. What happens when that does shift? I mean, you said, you know, very specifically, let's talk about anger and how they show up for the next. But in general, what yeah, what's the impact that you see in people's lives as they do release this and then start to write a new story? Oh, my gosh. There have been so many different things that I've seen impacted. It's just kind of amazing to me. I can tell you, just talking about anger, I when I worked with my coach and we did time my therapy with it he said now go go just for a couple of weeks pay attention to times when you would normally get angry and see what happens it wasn't more than two days later something happened at work where i normally would have gone into my office slammed the door and used a word i only use behind closed doors very loudly um <laughs> and i didn't it was just like okay so so I just, I, I show up differently a lot of times in situations like that. Um, other things that I've seen, I've seen people be able to make some pretty big transitions in their life 
once they've recognized the stories that weren't serving them and were able to rewrite those stories. Yeah. Um, in fact, one person I worked with, she was really, really trying hard to get pregnant. Um, and they've been trying for a long time. Once we figured out what the story was that she was telling herself, and we were able to get rid of the emotions behind that, she was pregnant in, in two months. I mean, the, the little guy's three now. So it's, 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 those are the kinds of things that make me go, this stuff is phenomenal. Right. It, the, it the power of the mind in this yes. and, and how it affects the body and the soul and, and all of it. So, so where does that begin for you? I mean, what was, what's the importance in this for you in, in your story and the stories that you were writing? Like where, you know, I would I, you go back and say, where did, where did the idea of language and, um, I mean, and storytelling and how that affects how you show up, where did that begin for you? Was that as a kid? Were you like, oh, I see that I'm. <laughs> I'm in, I'm embracing some ideals here about myself that <laughs> that I don't like. Were you seeing that in other people? You're you're seeing people talk about themselves, and you're like, "That's not who you are." What's the deal? Like, where does where does this idea begin for you? That's an interesting question. You know, I I can think back to my childhood, and I uh, I always wanted to be liked. Hmm. And so I was always positive. I was always willing to help people. I was always putting myself last. Mm -hmm. And there was some abuse that was in my past um, that I think kind of led to some of that. I'm not sure, but it would be my guess. Um, mm -hmm. But I knew, I knew that it was important to be positive. I knew a positive attitude was important. But I, I also knew that even with that positive attitude, I kept making some pretty poor choices in my life. Hmm. Um, you know, like what? Like what? So, yeah, this is, I mean, you're talking about teenage years and kind of going forward in college and stuff. Like what, well, what, what shows up? Well, um, let's just put it this way. I have, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I have been sober. This is my second go round. Um, I was sober 12 years. The first time, 14 years sober this time. Um, I, I drank, so I didn't have to feel all those things. Like I want to be popular, but I'm not popular. I want to have a boyfriend, but I don't have a boyfriend. I must be ugly because I don't have a boyfriend, you know, all those things. So I drank to cover all of that up. Uh Um, I drank, so I didn't have to feel those emotions. Um, I'm, I, my, um, both of my grandparents were alcoholics, so it, it skipped a generation and I was the one that was gifted with that. Um, and, and we didn't growing up, we didn't not learn a lot about emotions. We didn't, right. if you were angry, it was like, you were dumb to be angry. That's, you shouldn't be angry. That's silly. Um, or if you're sad, you shouldn't be sad. It's silly to be sad about that. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So what is, what is that? Like, is it just, it's about you, like, you're not even allowed to have the, the feelings or express the, the, the feelings. I, I don't know that I ever asked that question. Um, the, what I told myself was I wasn't, 
if I wasn't supposed to be sad, then what was I feeling? Because I was feeling something. Mm-hmm. And so, there's just confusion. It, it is, and you don't know what to do with it. And it's like, okay, I've got this feeling. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm not supposed to have it. Oh, what are, that's silly. You shouldn't have that feeling. So, so you keep that, you keep carrying with that. You're teaching yourself these things or being taught these, these, these ideas. And then you get going, you're like, all right, well, the only way to then deal with this instead of exploring it or anything, again, the only way to really suppress Mm -hmm. is to numb. To numb, exactly. So I numbed for a lot of years. Um, In between the numbing, I got married and had a baby, graduated from college. Well, I wasn't in between. That was during the first round of numbing experiences. Um, Got a job. So, so you're like, this is, you know, again, like you're, you get into, I don't know what university college would you go to school for? Um, Education. Okay. To be in edge, to be a teacher or to be in any role in education. Okay. What was that? Where does that desire come from? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where it came from. Probably because I had a couple of teachers I liked and I wanted to be like them. That's my guess. Yeah. My music teacher was my absolute favorite in high school because mm. he he encouraged me with my talent. So I went, um, I was from a small school, but I was very, I was pretty talented for that small school. Um, and when I went to college, I was going to become a music major. Well, it became quickly apparent that I was pretty talented for that little school. Yeah. <laughs> but on the talent meter, when I went to college, it wasn't quite as high up as some of the other kids coming to, to, to school. Right. So I thought, I thought, well, I'll just do drama then, because I was pretty good at drama, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I found out the same thing. So Small you know, fish, big pond. Yes. Yes. Um, so what thought, what kind of things did, did he this music teacher, like what, what do you remember him saying or like, how did he express that you were like encouraging you and your gifts? Um, he let me sing solos. Hey. So he didn't let everybody sing solos. So, um, he nominated me for the, uh, a national, couple of national choirs and the all state choirs and things that I was in. So I got to tour around, um, which was totally foreign to me because my family was didn't have a whole lot of money, so we didn't travel much. Right. So. Hey, you want something for free that's going to help you with your speaking? Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked on my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to, and I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So. You're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time and you'll lose relational connections. And I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that help me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. 
I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks, and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve-wracking presentation. So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now, I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website alexstreet.ca you can find it there or find the link on my bio in my instagram hurry though because this is only going to be available for a limited time so you've got this this person that you look up to that maybe at this point you're like maybe that influenced me (laughs) to go into education and learn what it takes to be a teacher and how to do that. Meanwhile, you are developing and and getting into this uh, reliance on on drinking, so that you don't feel anything throughout this time. And how long? So how long does that go for? You said like as you know, I, I started a relationship and got married during all that time. Is that over the next ten years? Like what what does that look like? Is that in your twenties? Um, I got sober the first time when I was 20, 29. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I would have gotten through school, gotten a job, had a baby and gotten divorced in that time. Yeah. And then, so, and then you were like, after the divorce, you're like, I gotta get sober or. Well, I I had divine intervention from my mother. (laughs) Who said, if you don't do something, I'm going to have your child taken away from you. God bless her. So good. Yes. Okay. And so so that is not, that's not an easy conversation to have. That's not an easy then to just say, okay, fine. I'll turn the switch off, I assume. what What's that struggle like then? What does that, you know, what do you, what does that mean for you at that point to stop drinking means that means I'm going to have to face all of these feelings? Uh, I didn't even think about that at that point, but eventually, yeah, I would have to face those feelings. What really came up for me was an old program Mm -hmm. that I had heard from my mom for years was I was like her mother. And her mother was a raging, mean alcoholic. So when she would say I was like her mother, it was like, Okay, I just lived up to what she said I was. I said right. that wasn't mean. I was just blackout. So right, right. So yeah. if any time she says you're just like her, then you're like, well, this is just who I am. This is just yeah. So it's actually letting go of that programming. Yes. Now, were yeah. you into NLP at that point? No, you weren't I studying that at all. Way down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So. Yeah. Um, but you're in education at that point. Yes. And working as a as an administrator, is that right? Is at, that at that point I was a teacher. Okay. And I and, just got into Pardon? I had just gotten divorced. Okay. All right. And so so here we are. So just even just painting the picture again, right? So there's this kind of where we've come so far is this person who um you want to be liked, you want to be positive. 
you want to be helpful, but there's all these other feelings and you feel like I'm just supposed to be positive, but if these other feelings are showing up and I don't know how to deal with them, I don't know if I'm allowed to have them, my only answer to that is to numb them, get rid of them, and through that process, I'm also going to become a teacher because I want to influence other people like I was influenced, like I was inspired, and through all of that, this drinking is this this dark spot that's carrying through and is having a serious impact on who you are. Um, yes. This person who desperately wants to be liked. Yes, it's exactly it. Okay, and now here we are. So then, so bring us. So then, what happens? Okay. Well, I got sober, got remarried, had two babies, got my master's degree. Um, no dumpster fires in that period of time, really. <laughs> Um, Isn't it interesting? You're talking like the way you just told that story, got married, (laughs) had two babies, (laughs) got sober um, and got my master's. Those are significant life moments. And you just brush through it in one sentence because you're like, there's nothing, no dumpster fire happened. And it's just, it's just fascinating to me how that happens. We go through And I know, like, you know, it's a podcast. Of course, I'm looking for the important moments. I'm looking for the hinge points. But even as we talk about this, we're like, yeah, those things happened. Yeah. Uh, How are those not defining moments? You know what I mean? Like, how how are any of those not? And I think it's because there's something else that came that had a more significant impact. But there's something about those that we just, yeah, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Here's my thought around that is my defining moments were not or were when I learned something in the way I've always learned something is I don't say the hard way, but it's been a it's been something that's been painful. Yeah. And then I've been able to take that pain and turn it figure out what the gift was in the pain that I was supposed to learn. Why do you think that is like there's yeah, because those things got sober, had kids, got married, got my man. Like those are all in, in inherently celebratory things, things that we should celebrate, joyful moments. And you're looking and you're like, yeah, but I learned through the pain. Do we all? Uh, yes. <laughs> Why do we learn through the pain more than the joy? That's the way our brains are wired. When you think about it, when have you learned your when have you learned your most your best lessons? Yeah, I mean, I tell my story. The way I tell my story, my, one of my most significant moments was when my mom was was dying, and I don't know what to do. Yeah, everything's flipped upside down. What do I do? I got to find the most simplistic way to look at life and faith and and everything because everything else is confusing. But then I, I mean, but then I have these other moments that I talk about, which are people giving me a chance to speak. And like, what did that do for me? What did that spark for me? But you're right. I probably didn't learn from that. I, that's just part of my story. That's just, that was a turning point. I didn't. So let me, let me, one thing I've always said is anybody can get a master's degree. Yeah. Anybody can get a master's degree. You just need to go jump through the hoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even got one. (laughs) I didn't mean that, but (laughs) but until there's something 
emotionally charged, painful, mm-hmm. we don't really learn from it. You think about a kiddo learning about crossing the street. Yeah. When do they really learn about crossing the street? When they're just about to go out there and we go, ah! Mm-hmm. So yeah, it shocks. There's a shock to the yeah. system. There's a wait, what? And I guess that's like, maybe that's a beautiful thing is that we're actually conditioned to expect the best, to expect, you know, joy. And, um, and so it's when the the pain hits, that's when we are shocked. That's when those become defining moments because wait, this isn't what I was expecting. And I, I probably would tweak that statement just a little bit and say, we expect to find happiness. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can find joy any at any point. I love the way. Uh, have you read the Infinite Game by Simon Simon Sinek? I have it on my shelf. Mm, it's so good, and and he, the way that he just defines this is that there isn't. It's not about winning or losing, right? There isn't a positive or negative. Even it's not about you just scored a point or lost a point, um, or there's there's no nobody ends up as a winner in this. And so the way that he's, I heard them talk about this on a podcast, the way that he goes through his life now is not about this is good or bad. He says, I, today, today I feel like I feel ahead or today I feel behind because that's all there is. If it's the never ending soccer game, you're never winning or losing. You're just ahead or behind because there's no winner or loser. <laughs> it's, it's this real mind screwing thing but to think about it that way it's really messed me up to think about how i talk about you know positive and negative emotions as opposed to just emotions and we expect the best or want the best and so anything bad that happens like it's it's really messed me up how i think about that but that seems to be so much of this work and this this defining work that you're doing with people and how we're framing our stories that maybe it is really important to recognize when yeah, something's out it, of place. And I heard this on a podcast once and I'm not, I don't even know who said it, but um, you know, those painful situations, those painful times come up because we haven't learned what we need to learn yet. Hmm. And so once we can stop and step back and go, okay, this pain is actually a gift. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to learn from this? That's when we, we make progress. I mean, it's so interesting. Like, I, I, so I lost both my parents in, within a couple of years. This is seven yeah. and nine years ago. And, and before that, I hadn't, I, I didn't have grief. Like, I hadn't, I hadn't experienced grief. And then I feel like, oh, yeah, well, that, I mean, that came on fast. And now I have this thing. And at the same time that I was losing, some, I thought I was losing something. I was losing a relationship. But more than that, I was gaining grief which is now a part of me forever and and so you talk about i haven't learned this thing yet and i have to go through this pain to learn this thing it's a gift yeah it's come to me now that now i can speak to that i can help other people through that i can uh, do whatever i can be to do whatever it's here for me to do but i guess that's where yeah I would agree. I would I would accept that as reality as as what what we're doing with our stories is going back and seeing, well yeah, that wasn't something to be dismissed. 
that's something that was there for, so that you could learn. Gosh, it's good stuff. I mean, this is what makes for a non-boring story, right? You have these moments that are the hinge. That's it. If you're just going to watch somebody go through their life and there's no trauma, there's no difficulty, there's no pain, well, it's not going to be very interesting. They might not be on your podcast. <laughs> That's it. Um, Everybody has something. They just may not, it may not be the same as what others have. Exactly. Okay, so let's come back into this and sort of see how this all comes together here when you you do have those beautiful, joyful moments, but then something else was coming. So what's, what's that? Um, I had taken a job as a school administrator. So my master's degree is in school administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and we moved. And along the line, I there were always some red flags around my marriage and fidelity in my marriage. Um, and at one point, I was pretty sure that there was somebody else involved in my marriage besides me. And so I just went, crap, here's this feeling again. I don't know what to do with it. And it's kind of like the hemlock. Hmm. Who talks about it? Plato, Socrates, don't eat the hemlock to kill the other person. Mm-hmm. The other person. So I thought, well, if I start drinking again, it'll be on him. Um, he'd never seen me drinking because I was sober when I married him. So he'd never seen it. Hmm. Um, so that went downhill really fast. I mean, I, when they say, once you stop drinking and start again, it, the, the disease progresses faster. It, it definitely does. Wow. Uh, at least that was my experience. So had that happen, almost lost my job, moved again. So I moved a lot, moved again. Um, I got a text message that said, I love you, Melissa. So that was my convincer was there was something going on. Um, I had a son who had a traumatic brain injury and I went, I'm going to be a single mom taking care of a child who has some medical issues. Um, And my eyes are yellow. I'm hiding alcohol. I don't remember how my kids got home and I drove them. Um, I need to do something. Mm. So that's when I got sober again. Right. And how long ago was that? 14 years. So then it becomes, I need to do something, which is what I need to focus on myself. I got sober and then I, you go back to, you go into the, the work that you're doing into motherhood. Yeah, actually I don't. So I don't, um, I wouldn't say I focus on myself at that point. I focus on getting sober and focus on making sure my kids were okay, which uh, kind of backfired with one of them because he didn't feel like he was getting taken care of with the other one getting all the attention. Um, But I ended up um, moving again, getting a different job, weighing a a lot, became an empty nester, had, I have three sons, so um, one of them had been missing for several years. We hadn't heard from him. The other one got into substances and substance abuse, and um, I just went, I've got to take care of myself, or I'm not going to be able to take care of anything mm-hmm. if that is ever needed. 
And I got into some personal development and then I hired a coach who was trained in NLP and that's where the story starts or that's where the change starts. Let's put it that way. Look at that. But okay. Well, where the change starts, um, language is everything. Right. And I would say, actually, I mean, the change started a long time ago. That's what, that's the beauty of it. Like there's this, um, but that's where you start to shift that the, the getting into neurolinguistic programming was this what was that was that that was a, a, a an intentional choice to look inward to, no. to figure out what was going on this wasn't about you finding you it was about me being able to be more productive um to be happy to realize i was a good person and I just happened to hire a coach who was trained in NLP. I had no clue what NLP was five years, six, seven years ago. And so then what happened? What switched there to make you go, whoa, there's something in this. There's something beautiful within me and there's something possible within this, you know, format. The language used with me was always something I kept going, why did he say that? Mm. Why did he say that? So I would... I used words like, um, I feel, I felt, I found, and he, he would use the same words I used. Hmm. Or, I, I mean, the same representation of words, the same, um, oh, what is it, sense of sense with words that mm-hmm. I use. And it made me go, okay, why did he keeps doing that? I don't, but I like it. Right. And he would he he would do these visualizations with me, which were timeline therapy at the time, but I didn't know that's what he called that's what it was. Right. So visualize right. this in and we released those emotions and it was like, I don't know what this is, but there's something to this. And so I asked him about it. And that's that's when I took off and started taking some training. Because he said, Ronnie, you're good at this already. You already know how to ask good questions. Mm-hmm. Because he'd seen me coach in a, a for another company that we'd worked with, um, you you have a knack for this. It would really be good for you to learn in some intentional moves with your clients that will help them to move even quicker. Right. So then, and then what do you experience as you go through that? So you, yeah, you like what was you recognize what he was doing. What did, how did that change how you felt about you and who you are and, and what you'd been through? What was the, the transformation that happened or is still happening? Like, how do you feel now as you show up and, and interact, engage with life? Oh, gosh, that's an interesting question. Um, one of the I, one way that I would say I I notice a difference in me is I slow down mm. before I react and go. Is there something here that I is on me? Is it this about me or is it about something else? And if it's about me, what is it? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm trying to give you an example where that might make better sense. Um, working with a boss. And the, the boss was irritated with me for, oh, around something. Normally before NLP, I would have gone, oh, man, I've done a terrible job. He doesn't trust me. He doesn't think I'm doing a good job. 
but instead I can step back and go, okay, is this about me or is this about him? I'm just using him because that my boss at that time happened to be a man. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, w- I was able to go, this is about him. He's upset because this these things have happened yeah. and I just happened to be at the end of the conversation. So, um, so I didn't take it on. Yeah. I was able to go, okay, that's not me. That's his stuff, not my stuff. So I like to say, I don't, I don't bring my monkeys to the circus anymore unless it's really my circus. (laughs) It's so good. So, and that's exactly what you're, again, everybody that comes to you in this work, you're helping do the same thing. Yes. And then show up feeling like, so if, as you have that conversation and you have that again with your boss, let's say, and you realize, oh, this isn't about me. I'm not bringing my monkeys to this. How does that affect the rest of your day? Week, month. It's not something I think about again. Right. It's not something that I would dwell on and go, okay, I need to fix it. I need to do something differently. It's just, it happened. Whereas otherwise you're driving home, you're constantly thinking about it. What could I do? How could I act? Why did he, why did they, why, why, why? My adrenals are starting to get taxed, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Distracted, tired, fatigued, all of it, because you're still locked in this moment that actually had nothing to do with you. Exactly. But you've told the story that it does. <laughs> something to do with me it's easier for me now to say this is about me mm-hmm. and this is what i get to work on mm-hmm. because it showed up for me again and if it's still showing up i haven't learned everything i need to learn from that situation Oof, Oof that is that is such a high intelligence a high emotional intelligence i think to be able right to check in and ask all those questions in this in a split second or however long it takes maybe it's you going into a closet and breathing deeply for 5 minutes i don't know but whatever it is to be able to do that and then say actually this is for me and yeah i guess that means that i haven't learned everything okay here yes. i go here we go yep so you've got this beautiful again massive you the way you went through this story right i mean we we kind of walked through it every, everything that we did, but even there's, there's all these parts that you mentioned significant episodes that you just brushed through. You're like, Oh yeah, I just had this brain injury. I had this and this happened. Then I got sober and then this kid, Oh yeah, he went missing. And then, and then this happened. And then this other, yeah. And then after I got this text. I love you, Melissa. Okay. I'll, right. These are all like, if you're, if you're looking at, at a, at a series, a TV series, each of those could be an episode. Oh, easy. Over your eight series, eight season <laughs> show. Maybe you're the young and the restless and you're still going. Um, right? Each each of those is an episode. And, and, and the thing is where we get hung up is do I need to include all of those episodes when I just show up to tell my story? And, and if I do, then how? And if I leave any of them out, will it still make sense? Uh. And we're stuck with this. This is my whole thing. This is my whole story. Whatever age you are, whatever amount of experience you have, there's so many of us going through this. But what I love about yours is it's this story, ultimately, this this relatable story 
of being somebody who, who again wants to be liked and tries to hum or to numb those emotions, to hide those emotions, to, to, to do whatever whatever you can to get by, and reacting to every situation to just get past it, get just get by, and now through significance, you could pick any one of those moments. It's going to be the first divorce. <laughs> Or the first time that your mom told me told you you need to stop this? Is it going to be the second time when you face um, that situation? You're like, I got started drinking again. Um, or is it when you had this coach who shows up and is like, hey, this is the way? Or you decided to get a coach and then, but then the coach showed you something that you hadn't seen before. You can pick any one of those moments or many others as like this main moment that changed you to become the person that you are now who isn't reacting to the situation, but is releasing whatever's in front of you and whatever emotions you've carried into this situation, whatever story you've been telling yourself, you're releasing, you're constantly releasing all of this. Is that fair? Is that authentic? I don't tell everybody. I don't tell all. In fact, I left a lot of details out. I'm sure you did. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Yeah. I just I think where it's so beautiful, if that's right, like that's what it comes down to is you can tell you can tell your story. Um, in that you can you can just show and say you know this is it. This is I used to be somebody who reacted to everything and and hurt myself and others in the process, all to, um, to numb the emotions that I didn't know how to deal with. Uh, if you've experienced something like that, I get it. I get you. And, and yeah. there's there's a lot of stories that you've you've now written about yourself because of those years that you've spent in that reaction state. But here I am now, uh, choosing to release these stories, the language, the circumstances, these moments that I face every day, um, so that I don't have to carry that with me, and I can help you do the same. Yeah. Right, and there's a beautiful relatable story in that yeah my goal is to help people to laugh about it to laugh about it you don't like to laugh do you (laughs) i never laugh no imagine after all that after all that pain to find the ability to laugh is like there's healing there's obviously healing and i wouldn't be the fabulous person i was today if i hadn't gone through those experiences there we go. Well, and the cool thing is that you've learned it all now. There's nothing left to learn. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Don't say that. Like asking, hey, don't do that either. Um, so if somebody is finding themselves, somebody is is listening to this and they're like, yeah, I get it. Like, that's how I feel like I'm just reacting to every situation. I'm showing up and I'm just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what these emotions are. I don't know why I keep feeling this way. I don't know. I thought I dealt with that. I, there's these stories I'm clearly telling myself from my past and I just want to be done with it. I just, I want to be free of it. I want to release all of this. Um, and Ronnie's clearly a person who can help me get there. Uh, how should they find you to start that conversation? What's the best way to connect with you? Um, I would say I'm on all social media as Ronnie Rumsey. So Great. you can find me there. The easiest way for me, for you to connect with me is to connect with my co- community texts, my text community Great. at two, six three zero nine six five eight zero and just put podcast there and i'll get back to you like i'll get back to them right away 
um, to figure out when we can just set up a time to talk and see what they're looking for and love that offer encouragement and if they want to be part of my daily affirmations, well, they're not daily, but my affirmations for a particular day, I'm happy to, happy to. So what is that? You send out, you send out these affirmations to your text list and. I do. And then, but here's the, I do. Yes. Um, what, but what I found with affirmations is they're just words unless you put some action behind them. Mm-hmm. So it, there's an affirmation and then there's, here's your, here's a couple of things to do to step into that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Love that. That's such a useful tool and fantastic that you're doing that. So absolutely get involved with that. Text that number and just say podcast and Ronnie, I'll get back to you. Um, love that. Thank you so much for being here, for not being afraid of any part of your story and opening up and for sharing this love of Hamilton and storytelling and the stories that we tell ourselves. I think this is so, it's not even where I thought the conversation was going to go. And that's the most beautiful part is we went all over the place and I feel like I've learned so much from you today and I'm so grateful for your time here. Thanks. I'm grateful for being able to be on here and hopefully somebody that needed to hear this hears it. So absolutely. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation. So please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.